Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, if you're really a wrestling junkie, back in the 1900s, there was a guy named Frank Gotts. It was the very first world champion wrestler. It was kind of more known. The style was what they called catch and catch can. Um, so it's a little different style, but uh, growing up in Humboldt, you saw Frank Gotch all over the place. He's, there's a huge statue in, in Humboldt of Frank Gotch, uh, and he was a worldwide known wrestler. Um, and you know, there's just been a lot of uh, sports figures. You know, a couple guys. There was a guy named Keith Abens that wrestled at Iowa State back in the day. That was, I think, a three-time All-American and a Big Eight champ. That was from Humboldt that I grew up watching and idolized. Um, so there's a lot of wrestling history. You know, Bruce Reimers played football at Iowa State, was uh, all Big Eight, and then played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a teammate of mine. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, sports figures from Humboldt. talking Frank Gotch, you know we're talking about Humboldt, Iowa, which means we're talking about a really fun wrestling duel coming up this Sunday between Iowa State and Purdue, two Division I programs led by Humboldt natives Kevin Dresser and Tony Ursland. Sunday night's contest going to be a fun homecoming for both men, also a fun way to celebrate Humboldt wrestling, and in doing so, celebrating the sport of wrestling as a whole. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I I am glad you are here. Happy Friday, December 17th, just eight days until Christmas. Hope y'all got your Christmas shopping done early because you aren't going to have much time over these next few days. On Sunday, we've got the aforementioned Iowa State-Purdue duel, and then Monday and Tuesday, the journeyman collegiate wrestling duels are going to take place in Florida, and both Iowa and Northern Iowa are going to be competing there, along with a host of other Division I wrestling programs. And then on top of all of that, the Battle of Waterloo begins this morning at Young Arena, and if you're listening before 9 a.m., I'm currently in my car on my way to Waterloo as you're listening. And if you're listening at or after 9 a.m., already in the building. So follow along if you haven't already for some super dope Iowa high school wrestling action today on Friday and tomorrow on Saturday. But today's show going to be primarily centered on all of the college action coming up over the next few days. We've got a full show today full of interviews. So strap in and get ready for some fun. We'll start today's show with the Iowa State-Purdue matchup, and I had a couple of thoughts here. Um, you heard Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser talking at the top of the show about a guy named Frank Gotch. Um, I'm willing to bet most of you at least have an idea of who that is, and if not, you're in luck, because I spent most of my week diving into the Frank Gotch rabbit hole on the internet and elsewhere and have returned with some fun facts for you guys. Um, Gotch, born on a farm just south of Humboldt in 1877 and became a world heavyweight champion of professional wrestling in 1908. He defended that title again 
again in 1911, winning both matches over George Hackenschmidt, whose nickname was, quote, the Russian Lion. Back then, Gotch and Hackenschmidt practiced a style called catch wrestling, or catch is catch can, which uses many similar techniques as collegiate folk style and freestyle, one of the Olympic disciplines. Uh, wrestlers won by either submission or by pin. Most matches were contested in a best-of-three format, sometimes lasted an hour or more. Gotch's success made him a sensation. His 1911 win over Hackenschmidt took place at Chicago's Comiskey Park, where roughly 30,000 people were in attendance. Promoters, agents, and celebrities tried to lure him to larger cities like Kansas City, Chicago, San Francisco, but Gotch always came home to Humboldt. His famous line was, quote, I was born an Iowa farm boy, I was raised an Iowa farm boy, and I will die an Iowa farm boy, end quote. Perhaps most importantly, though, Gotch's stardom directly inspired the growth of wrestling in the state of Iowa. That's according to Nat Fleischer, a decorated boxing writer who authored uh, From Milo to Londos, the story of wrestling through the ages. Uh, Flesher wrote in his book, it was Gotch's victories over the invincible Hackenschmidt that made him the most popular Matt star in America and started a movement among college men to take up wrestling. Consider these facts. Uh, the U- University of Iowa started its world-renowned wrestling program in 1911, the same year Gotch beat Hackenschmidt. Iowa State founded its program in 1916. Cornell College in Mount Vernon started its program in 1922. And Northern Iowa began its program in 1923, then as Iowa State Teachers College. A decade after Gotch's second victory over Hackenschmidt, both Iowa State and Iowa hosted an open state tournament for Iowa high schoolers. Ahead of the 25-26 season, the Iowa High School Athletic Association brought the state wrestling tournament under its organization to standardize eligibility, weight classes, and rules. Gotch died in 1917 at just 40 years old due to a kidney issue, but in July 2012, an eight-foot-tall bronze statue of Gotch was unveiled at Bicknell Park, which is less than a mile from Humboldt High School, just on the other side of the Des Moines River. More than 100 years ago, that two-acre plot of land was where Gotch trained for his world championship professional wrestling bout. The rest, of course, is history. Hawkeyes have won 24 total NCAA Division I team titles, their latest coming just last season. Iowa State has won eight, and both Northern Iowa and Cornell College have each won one. Northern Iowa in 1950, Cornell College in 1947. Iowa is the only state in the country with four college programs that have each won Division I national team titles. The Iowa State Wrestling Tournament has grown into one of the biggest wrestling events in the country. Saturday night's session featuring just the championship matches has sold out for 34 consecutive years. Even more, entering the 21-22 collegiate wrestling season, 114 Iowa natives have gone on to win individual Division I NCAA titles, and 524 Iowa natives have become Division I all Americans. Those are both the third most of any state, trailing Pennsylvania and Oklahoma in both categories. Humboldt has produced a number of talented wrestlers over the years. Keith Abens won three state titles, uh, 1967 through 1969, then became a two-time All-American at Iowa State. Dave Musselman won three titles, 1970-1972, then became a three-time NCAA qualifier for Arizona. Then came Kevin Dresser, two-time state champ who went on to become an NCAA champion at Iowa. Tony Ursland followed, winning two state titles himself before becoming an NCAA qualifier for the Hawkeyes. Both Dresser and Ursland went on to become Division I head coaches, of course. Dresser first at Virginia Tech and now at Iowa State. Ursland at Purdue after a handful of assistant stops. Uh, when Dresser returned to Ames, it was Humboldt High School head coach Chad Beeman who reached out to him and Ursland about the idea of hosting a duel between their two programs at Humboldt High School. They both initially agreed to do it last season, but the COVID-19 pandemic threw a wrench into those plans. So here we are a year later. The 18th ranked Iowa State Cyclones enter at 2-1 overall 
overall. Unranked Purdue Boilermakers, 6-0, and using Intermats rankings like we always do. I have as many as 13 ranked wrestlers could hit the mat on Sunday evening. Looking at the lineups both teams have used previously this season, I like Iowa State to have an edge in about four weights, right? 149 pounds, probably going to see Jarrett Dagan again. Uh, 157, top-ranked David Carr, slated to wrestle 11th, state, Ken, 11th ranked Kendall Coleman. I think that one's going to be pretty fun. 184, 13th ranked Marcus Coleman is going to tangle with 20th ranked Max Lyon, Battle of Iowa High School graduates right there. And then 165, Austin Kreiser cracked the rankings this week at number 33, last guy in. I think Purdue probably has the edge at three weights, looking at 125, Devin Schroeder, Kyson Tarakina. Uh, 174, I'm going to give the edge to Garrett Ninehouse over Joel Devine. Uh, 197, 10th-ranked Thomas Panola, 18th-ranked younger Bastida, although it would not shock me to see Bastida perhaps win that matchup. Leaves us with three toss-up matches. 133, Ramazan Adesayev and potentially Matt Ramos. Uh, 141, Zach Redding and Parker Phileas. Two top 20 guys, but give the edge to Phileas. Probably just a little bit more experience there. 285, Sam Schuyler and Michael Wolf should be a very intriguing matchup from start to finish. Either team, I think, could emerge victorious. Going to be a fun matchup either way. I'll be in the building on Sunday. Going to be a great time. I caught up with both head coaches this week. Talk about the matchup as well as returning to humble. We got some fun stories about growing up in small town Iowa from both men um, and how it's molded a lot of what they still do today. I found both conversations very interesting, very insightful. I think you guys will too. We'll start with Dresser. Then we'll end with Ursland after that. Hope you guys enjoy, and I will see you on the other side. I guess I need to give credit to Coach Ursland at Purdue and then the current Humboldt High School coach, Coach Beeman. They actually approached me about it. It's probably been close to two years ago now about what, you know, what I thought about it, and I thought immediately it was a good idea. We had it scheduled last December, and obviously COVID killed it. So here we are, you know, three days out. But I think it's a great idea. You know, the thing about Humboldt, growing up at Humboldt, is is that it's a very, very sports-minded town. And uh, it doesn't matter what sport. Uh, I just remember growing up that they followed everything. It wasn't just football, basketball, wrestling. It was golf. It was tennis. It was whatever was going on at that particular time. So they really embraced it. Um, from even the minute I got hired here, Humboldt's done something every summer for us as a regional training center. And, um um, so the interest is off the charts. It sold out one day. Um, so they're going to have a, a lot of people crammed at Humboldt High School. Not just, I mean, you mentioned all the sports. I mean, Harcross from there, right? Yep. I mean, who else? I mean, you have some of the greats maybe. Uh... Well, if you're really a wrestling junkie, back in the 1900s, there was a guy named Frank Gotts. It was the very first world champion wrestler. It was kind of more known as style was what they called catch and catch can. Um, so it's a little different style, but. Uh, growing up at Humboldt, you saw Frank Gotch all over the place. He's, there's a huge statue in, in Humboldt of Frank Gotch, uh, and he was a worldwide known wrestler. Um, and you know, there's just been a lot of uh, sports figures. You know, a couple guys. There was a guy named Keith Abens that wrestled at Iowa State back in the day. That was, I think, a three-time All-American and a Big Eight champ. That was from Humboldt that I grew up watching and idolized. Um, so there's a lot of wrestling history. You know, Bruce Reimers played football at Iowa State, was uh, all Big 8, and then played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was a teammate of mine. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, sports figures from Humboldt. What does it mean to be heading back there for you, and how often do you get back? Well, I get back quite a bit now that, I've, now that I got hired here. Um, I don't have a lot of family there anymore, but a lot of friends. And, and uh, like I said, they've done some good stuff for us in helping our program. So between coordinating events and just planning events and getting back for RVTV and everything that Humboldt yeah. brings, uh, I've been back quite a bit. So it, it'll be a fun night. 
I guess then what does it mean to you to have somebody like Purdue as your opponent, you know, in in Humboldt? You know, that kind of program being a ranked opponent. Well, I think it's a great opportunity for us because Tony Ursuline has done a great job uh, building that program. I think he might be, I'm guessing, and I might be really off, but I think it's like his sixth or seventh year. So, you know, he's got Purdue in the top 15. So, you know, how often does small town Northwest Iowa get two top 15 programs in the nation? And I'm sure, I don't think anybody else has got two Division One head wrestling coaches that wrestled at the same high school of a town of less than 5,000 people. So it'll be buzzing. What are you looking for from your guys as they take another step uh, against Purdue? Well, it's just another opportunity to get out there and wrestle quality quality team, quality individuals. There's a lot of matchups that are big, that are ranked matchups. And, uh, you know, it's just a test. It's it's fun. To, you know, if you're a college kid and you, you sign up for wrestling, this is the environment you want. I mean, it seats 1,500 people, and there'll probably be 1,700 people in there. So I just got them in trouble. But um, it's going to be uh, a really, you know, you go off the mat, they'll probably push you right back on the mat, um, that kind of environment. So I think as a competitor, it's got to be just, a, you know, a really fun thing. How exciting is it for you to be able to take your team back to your, you know, where you grew up and where you used to wrestle as a high schooler? Well, I have a lot of good memories of that gymnasium growing up as a kid, you know, watching basketball games, watching wrestling matches. Uh, wrestling matches back when I was a kid growing up were full. I remember sitting in the balcony, and I remember sitting next to the band and thinking how cool it would be someday to run out there uh, as a high school wrestler and wrestle at, at, in that environment. So it was just a great place to grow up, and uh, it was just really well followed. How old were you when you said about probably every year? But I mean, can we can we peg an age to it? Like five-year-old Kevin Dresser? Probably a six-year-old Kevin Dresser is when I kind of remember starting getting interested in wrestling. According to my my mother, uh, that's when I we started showing up a lot. But my dad, who's deceased now, was a big sports fan and started bringing us to wrestling matches because uh, Humboldt was pretty good way back in the day when we were kids, my brother and I, and so um, just. Humboldt had a tradition. I mean, I think they were state champs when I was in elementary school or state runner-ups. So they've had tradition for a while. Wrestling's become really good at, <coughs> excuse me, um, finding some unique venues, uh, you know, whether it be, <coughs> excuse me, uh, uncommon ones. But right. I mean, it's, it's that, I mean, added to the allure, I know it's helped the sport, I think, outside of, you know, wrestling gurus to just kind of see it on different stages. Well, I think... Yes, you're right. I've seen him do it in baseball parks. I've seen him do it uh, on, on, uh, on, on ships. I've seen a lot of creative things. Wrestling people have been very creative to get our product out there. Um, this is a natural because you're in Iowa, and it's a high school program and a high school gymnasium. So uh, just put, I think anytime you can put your team in a packed environment uh, with a lot of noise and a lot of pressure um, is a good thing. Um, what kind of week of practice did you see last week from uh, Sam Schuyler? Good. Sam keeps making progress. You know, he's, um, I think, kind of trying to figure himself out a little bit and, and get some consistency. Uh, he's got a lot of tools. I think the biggest thing with Sam is just getting Sam to believe in Sam as much as we do as a coaching staff. So, you know, it's a completely new environment. It's a lot different than wrestling in Buffalo, New York, than the wrestling in the Iowa State Duel. And so I think he's got to overcome a little bit of that, but that's a good stuff. And that, you know, I think that's what he signed up for when he came here. And what areas could you maybe want to see more consist consistency from him? I think just believing in his offense and um, you know, kind of wrestling as hard as we see him wrestle in the room. I think sometimes I see him thinking out there, and usually when you're thinking in a wrestling match, you're in trouble. Um, he just got to go. 
Are there like any specific matchups that you'll be looking forward to watching this weekend? Well, on paper, you know, 125 will be two guys that are ranked in the top 15 in the nation. Uh, 157, you got two guys that are ranked in the top 10, top 15 in the nation. Um, I think 184, you got two guys that are ranked in the top 20 in the nation. That's just off the top of my head. So those are three pretty marquee matchups. Will we see any major changes in the starting lineup? That's a hard question right now. We have had uh, – it's been a tough week for us, just not just at Iowa State Wrestling, but Iowa State University. We got the flu going around like crazy. So um, we don't know. It's just uh, touch and go. We got some guys that uh, have been battling it, and every day we get a new text with uh, – a new guy that's going down, so we're going to have to piecemeal this together a little bit and put the best product we can out there. But we got to get through this flu season right here. Back to Humble, the fans that'll be coming won't have to worry about weight. So, is there a place they should go that uh, is like a local? Well, afterwards, there's a place uh, down on Main Street. There's I better not start plugging too many because I'll get the ones that I don't <laughs> plug, man. But uh, there's a bunch of places on Main Street that throughout the dual meet are, are going to be tailgating previous and it'll be post-match. I know we're going to bring our team out later on uh, to downtown Humboldt afterwards for a meal and, uh, you know, to get together with all the fans. But I know, I think the tailgating start at noon and we don't even start wrestling until 5, so they'll be festive. <laughs> for sure. Oh, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no, like, you know, and... No matter how it comes out, it'll be a fun day. Now, you, you, you know, we want to be on the winning side, and we're working our tails off to do it. But truly, you feel like, man, this is going to be like win-win day for, for me at least. You know, to go back and to really enjoy it um, will be will be something fun, no matter no matter what goes on, especially right before Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. Well, hey, you can stick around, you know. Since uh, do you still have family I there? <laughs> I do. My uh, my mom and dad and my brother are still there. So, in fact, my uh, my wife and my uh, my twin boys are driving back separate, and then I'll just stay. You know, the the bus will leave that night and head back uh, back to West Lafayette, and I'll, I'll stick around uh, in my hometown for a few days. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What do uh, What do you remember about growing up in in Humble? That's a That's a town that's fiercely passionate about not just its high school sports, but you know even its its alumni and um, yeah. you know it sounds like it's you know typical small town Iowa thing. But I, the few times I've been up to Humboldt, it's just there's something different about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you know that's what I would say. And then to your point, a lot of people feel that way, so it's hard to to know or to differentiate, but. Just when you grow up and you're immersed in sports, you know, like I was and like many of us were, I mean, it was just kind of a, a way of life, you know. I mean, it was important to the community. It was important to us kids. And it wasn't even important just for, like, one sport. Like, we focus on wrestling. And there's there's obviously tradition, right, in wrestling that kind of makes that really appealing. But I just remember all sports. Um, you needed all the kids to compete, to fill out your teams, and, you know, and, and we had good classes when I was there. You know, we had a, a lot of success in different sports, wrestling and baseball and football. And I remember I played all of those sports growing up. I played four sports and wrestled, you know, majority of the time. So I just remember it being very sports oriented. And it was just kind of part of uh, the, the culture, maybe, of growing up in the town. Absolutely. Yeah. What was your kind of introduction to wrestling? How you how'd you first get into it? 
uh, Frank Gotch Wrestling Club, a uh, little kids club that was mainly operating out of the, the junior high, um, was kind of my first introduction to wrestling. And it wasn't something that I jumped in at the time, like just head first into, like kind of like kids today, you know, where you specialize or you're into these, these the RTCs or the clubs. It was just through the, the little kids club. Um, you know, Larry Leibold and even Ron Wasp, the head coach back then, were, were at the practices and, and kind of recruiting kids almost, if you will, out of the hallways. And so that was my introduction. And it was something like I said, I didn't do it like I wasn't just jumped in and full time wrestler. Right. Like we played all the sports and I actually was playing basketball as a little kid part of the time, too as I was trying to figure out, you know, what I love the most, you know, which direction I wanted to go. I gotcha. So what, what ultimately pulled you into wrestling? Cause clearly something worked, right? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I just remember wrestling appealed to me because, um, you know, very competitive person, right? Obviously that's, you know, love to compete. And that was kind of almost like the ultimate competition where you go out by yourself and it's, it's all on you and all that hard work you put in, you know, um, resulted in you getting your hand raised or your success. And so that, that really drove me. Like I really enjoyed, uh, that aspect of the sport, you know, um, you still had teammates, right. You know, like I love my, my guys on my team, but, um, you helped your team the best by making sure you were prepared and, and you did your part. And that's, that's something that really always appealed to me with the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, Frank Gotch youth club. Now I'm curious, when, when did you first start hearing stories about Frank Gotch? Cause that's, you know, there's a case to be made that his, his stardom, right. Is a large reason why Iowa was so obsessed with wrestling. Yeah, um, you know, to pinpoint an exact time would be hard, but but at an early age, right? Like when you, when you were old enough, like let's say you're in that nine ten range, and you would hear stories. That's when you're kind of old enough to understand, you know, what it was. I can't tell you, you know, as like seven or eight that I that I really knew. But as you wrestled and you knew why the club was named what it was, and you heard some of the stories, and of course, you know, Mike Chapman you know, had, has the books and the stories as you kind of cross paths with people, you learn kind of, um, you know, all about it, about it, you know, what the tradition was, what the stories were, how they used to compete, like at the, the four corners, you know, the section, you know, in the, in the, in the gravel dirt roads, you know, like there, you hear lots of stories and you, and you start reading the book. So it was probably, you know, that first few years, maybe 10, 11, when you're old enough to really understand what that was. No doubt, yeah. And I find it so cool that, um, you know, just reading through all the stories, and I got to chat with Mike um, earlier this week, um, that you, you know, it, it's really cool that, like, you know, this world champion level athlete, right, decided to come, you know, not only did he come from Humboldt, but he stayed in Humboldt, right? There's that line yes. where, you know, I was born an Iowa farm boy, I'm going to stay an Iowa farm boy, and I'm going to die an Iowa farm boy. Um, yep. I, when did that kind of sink into you that, like, oh, hey, like, you know, we can, we can be really, really good at this. Yeah, well, a lot of the people coming before me, right, and we're talking about with Dresser now, too, I mean, you, you know, there was, so you had Frank Gotch, and you had the club, and you had that history, and then you had a number of good wrestlers that had come out of Humboldt as well, but, you know, Dresser being a national champion at Iowa, you know what I mean, when I was still coming up through, you know, those were things, you know, I remember watching those guys on IPTV, 
and 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 thinking, yeah, you know, this this is this is a possible, this is a thing. There's people I know that are doing these things, and I love this sport, and this could be a great fit. It, it just all pushes you, you know, in that direction of probably where I wound up, why I'm still in the sport, why I still love it, why I have a passion for it, you know, and I've stayed in it too, you know, just like Frank Gosh, you know, it's it's just kind of becomes a part of uh, what you were growing up, and and you, you love that aspect of it. Oh, no doubt. That's awesome. So do you do you have memories of, of watching guys like Dresser? I know he was a little bit older than you, but, you know, some of the other guys that came through and some of those teams. Because I know that that 92 team was was very, very good. What you guys tied for the dual team state championship. Um, yep, you know, Osage. Yeah. So they, I, you know, <laughs> Osage is still wrestling really, really well now. Um, but yep, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I, what are some of your favorite memories? Like when you think back to your high school wrestling days, what, what are some of the first things that come to mind? Um, uh, of course, finishing off the, uh, the, the dual team state championship was, was big. Um, you know, my, my first state championship, it was one other thing that, that, that kind of ranks right up in there, right? Like that's your first, you know? And so that was really validation for, um, all the hard work I put in, um, because my, my year before as a sophomore, I had gone and I was ahead in a match at, at the state tournament over an Iowa Falls guy that I had beaten, you know, pretty badly, um, just a few weeks before and got headlocked and pinned as I was up big and that kind of crushed me right as a sophomore and you have all these dreams and then you you know that was a follow the leader bracket remember where he had to win for me to move on at the state tournament i was up big i get i get pinned and you're crushed and so you know all the hard work and what that kind of drove me to want to do uh you know next year when i was a junior and i won the state title that was that was special i guess important you know as a senior it's just an expectation so maybe the first was the biggest thing for me the first title anyway and then you know ending as state dual champs as a senior uh especially in that controversial fashion that it did um because if i remember correctly cody um they didn't score back then. The reason we wound up in a tie, um, and you might have to check this, but I believe the reason we tied is they didn't score Tech Falls um, in the same way as they do now. Like, that was a new thing, and I had a Tech Fall in my match uh, where I won by 15, but I think it was only given maybe major decision points, and and we thought we were going to win, but it was like a technicality in the rule book, right? It, like, there was a big thing I remember after trying to figure this out down on the mat, um, and so, so that one's just kind of special just around the fact that we ultimately wound up sharing it. Uh, and I know we thought we had it based on, um, you know, um, having the tech fall, uh, in the duel. So it was interesting. Those are special things that are just kind of funny that you remember, I guess. No, oh, that's awesome. That kind of stinks that they didn't give you guys traditional points. I mean, I know wrestling changes every year, but it's like, you know, come yeah. on, man. One point can make the, obviously can make a difference in a duel like that. Well, and we're coming up on 30 years now, right? So that's why, you know, I wish I could remember clearly exactly what they were thinking, but I thought it was a tech fall was 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 newer at that time, and it hadn't made its way in the rule book, if I, if I remember correctly yet. And so it wasn't scored the same way it is now, where it's four for major, five, and then six for the pin. Um, I think it was actually a scoring technicality that resulted in it, but uh, yeah, you might have to go back and look to be sure. Oh, that's so lame. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I found the, the, they, there's a brand new history archives on the Iowa high school athletic association website. And I actually just pulled it up while you were talking there. Um, so you guys beat Makokata and then in the finals, it just says co-championship 28, 28. So it doesn't have like the actual match by match. Dang it. <laughs> 
No, it doesn't. No. See, that's the thing. I would love to go back and, and look now. I just remember it was it was controversial. <laughs> and uh, and it, there was a, the way we heard it was a scoring technicality on it. So I would love to go back and, and reread the rule and the match-by-match results, like you're saying, and, and, and really kind of get down to the details of it. Then I could go tell Mike Euchre, who's my roommate, right, for five years or four years in Iowa, Mike Euchre from Osage and I roomed together. Um, you know, I could really talk trash to him and it wouldn't be, you know, we, we, we pushed and, and tied. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, after we get done here, I, I, it'll probably take me about five minutes, but I bet I can pull up the, the final actual match by match results. So then we can, we, we can get you that ammo for sure. That's funny. <laughs> um, I, what are you most looking forward to, um, on Sunday? I know obviously the duel is the duel and that's probably where a lot of your focus is, but to be able to come back home and, um, you know, get to showcase your team, but also, you know, probably going to get to see family and friends as well. What, what are you most looking forward to um, on this return trip? Yeah, so, you know, I've been, I go back to Humboldt often uh, because my parents and my brother are there, so that's not the thing as much um, as to have probably all of the people in one building again. Like, you know, you go home and you see mom and dad and you see your you know your brother and you hang out for a while. Maybe you see a few other people while you're in town, um, but not everybody at one time. Like, to have the opportunity to wear a lot of wrestling people at one time in the same building, kind of like when you were in high school, I think will be a nice walk down memory lane for me. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see some people I haven't seen in a long time. You know, just because we're all together in the same building again. And, and that's the part besides the wrestling. You know, the wrestling is, that's the most important thing. And like I said, the, the team's excited and looking forward to this opportunity. But it's kind of being able to see everybody maybe after the duel in that building again that I haven't, I, I probably haven't seen in 20 years maybe. You know, who knows? So yeah. That's the part I kind of think will be fun, I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, no doubt. What kind of memories do you have of uh, from that gym? I mean, are there any favorites that maybe stick out, whether it's wrestling or or something else? Um, yeah, I, I can't say it's just one. I think it just competing in there was was a lot of fun. You know, and the way you remember it uh, won't necessarily be the way it is the next time you're in it. You know, I think, you know, we all, like I've been in the humble wrestling room again since I was there. And I'm telling you, it seems infinitely smaller than what I remember as a kid, right? Like when you're a kid and you think it's a big room, you know, big wrestling room and it's this and it's that in your mind. And then you're gone for, you know, 10, 15 years. And the next time you're back, you're like, wow, this is really small. not the way i remember it so but i have a lot of uh, fond memories from being young and wrestling in the humble you know uh, youth tournament up there in the high school gym uh all the way through high school like those those things are just you know i don't know nice walks down memory lane like i'll I'll always be connected to humble my my family has stayed there for years right i mean here i am 30 years out of out of uh, high school and they're still living in, in humble so those things are just the, the 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 fond memories that I like. If not one in particular, you know, I wish I had just you know like one moment. But man, it's all what it was throughout the years growing up and and being, uh, you know, you know having a lot of success there and feeling good about my time in Humble. Absolutely. Do you remember when that gym was at its loudest? <laughs> well. Yes, um, we we you know when you would host like district finals or, or sectional right like 
you get uh, when you get several teams in there, right? I can remember having districts, and you know, and there's a bunch of teams, you know, Britt and Humboldt, and who knows, Iowa Falls, Emmitsburg, whatever it is, and uh, how loud and how packed that would be, you know, kind of as your last qualifier on the state, you know, they those were those were loud and packed gyms where it will be like, it's going to be on, on Sunday, you know, the crowd right down to the mat and, and loud. And, and those are kind of the things that I, when I remember it being the loudest, you get several teams on a day and, and, and everybody's wrestling and flying around and it's, it's just busy humming. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was talking to dresser and he said one of the loudest that he remembers it was what he scored a pin, I think as a freshman over a senior, like a comeback victory pinned him in the third period. Um, in the district finals that like guaranteed his spot to go to state so I wasn't sure if you had a similar memory or something that you remember yeah no I mean I I think it was my last year um, when I was talking about districts that was my last opportunity in that gym and it was a districts to go to state and again that's I just remember it being very loud um, you know, on that day, um, cause we were hosting, you know, we were doing well as a team, right? Clearly we went on to win the dual title. So I think if, if you wanted to just pinpoint a memory, it was my last time in there. It was loud. Um, we were doing well as a team. Uh, me as a returning state champion, you know, uh, was expected to do well. And, and, um, you know, that was, that was the last time in there. That, that'll probably, it's probably how I remember it. Right. Uh, like that. I gotcha. How loud do you think it'll get on, uh, on Sunday? Cause those, those tickets went quick, man. I hope it's really loud. You know I, mean? I, I, hope, I hope it's really loud um, for, for, for a lot of reasons, right? I mean, one, it creates a great atmosphere for your kids to compete in. And two, we're going to be back in that later. You know, we've got Iowa on a Sunday in Carver, you know, and I think that's probably going to be sold out. And you know what Big Tens and the national championships can be, so – you love to put your kids in those in- environments to experience it. It's great for the sport, and it's great for them. Absolutely, yeah. I think that was everything I uh, I needed from you, Coach, unless there was something else you wanted to add. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm really glad that um, this duel has gotten some really positive attention. It is a really neat thing, obviously, to, to Kevin and myself, but, um, but it seems like there has some real traction you know, with, with other people as well. And I'm excited about that. I think that that's a great thing for the sport. Great stuff there from Dresser and from Ursuline. Excited for the duel on Sunday. You can catch it on Flow Wrestling. Again, I'll also be in the building, so be sure to follow your boy for updates throughout the night. Second half of today's show dedicated to the Journeyman Collegiate Wrestling Duels or the Rockfin Duels or the Florida Duels or Wranglemania or as Arizona State's wrestling program tweeted, the National Duels, which they aren't. Uh, but whatever other name you want to call this thing uh, begins Monday and ends on Tuesday, and there's expected to be a ton of action down south on both days. First duels are at 10 a.m. Monday. Last one's at 7 p.m. Tuesday. A lot of wrestling coming at you to kick off Christmas week. Here's the format for those who uh, either don't know or uh, strap in, guys. It's going to get a little – there's there's not a lot here, and it's probably going to sound a little bit more complicated than it actually is, but I'm going to do my best here. There's 12 total teams down there, and they've split into two pools, the red pool and the blue pool. So in each pool, there are two groups, group one and group two, of three teams each. And within each group – uh, those three teams will wrestle each other on Monday. Whoever finishes first, second, third in Group 1 will wrestle whoever finishes first, second, third in Group 2. Um, and that's just in each separate pool. So 
uh, red pool and blue pool. Same thing will happen in both pools on Monday. Makes sense? So let's use Iowa as an example. The Hawkeyes are in group two of the red pool. So they will wrestle Lehigh and Central Michigan on Monday. And if they beat them both, they'll have finished first in group two and will wrestle either Binghamton, Mizzou, or NC State, who are all in group one of the red pool. Um, the crossover match happens on Tuesday. Northern Iowa is in group two of the blue pool. So they will wrestle Cornell and Penn State on Monday, and then they'll wrestle either Hofstra, Virginia Tech, or Arizona State, all of whom are in group one of the blue pool on Tuesday. Again, Tuesday is just the cross duels. Um, so nobody in the red pool will wrestle anybody in the blue pool. Make sense? Hopefully it does by now, uh, but I promise it's a pretty simple premise. If not, I've linked the schedule in the format in the show notes below to kind of give you a visual of what I'm trying to explain here. In any case, I wanted to break down the potential matchups that I'm excited to see this weekend with regards to the Hawkeyes and the Panthers. So again, Iowa in the Red Pool, they will wrestle Lehigh and Central Michigan and then whoever their cross is on Tuesday, Binghamton, Mizzou, or NC State, they will see them on Tuesday. Um, in terms of Lehigh and Central Michigan, the two teams that we know they're going to wrestle, um, I think the weight I'm most excited to see, I guess there's two of them, uh, 157 and 285, right? 285, uh, you got Tony Cassiope from Iowa, Lehigh's Jordan Wood, Central Michigan's Matt Stencil. I believe if we use Intermat's rankings, that's... Cass is number seven, Jordan Woods number eight, Matt Stencil's number nine. All three of these guys are going to wrestle each other. That sounds like fun to me, right? Uh, 157, Caleb Young off to a one and two start. Um, pretty tough competition to start with, right? He beat Army's Marcus Hartman, but then he lost to Princeton's Quincy Happel and Iowa State's David Carr. Um, he's going to get a chance at a little bit of redemption this weekend, right? Lehigh's Josh Humphreys ranked 10th. Uh, Central Michigan's Johnny Lovett ranked 19th. Um, if we're using Intermat's rankings, I believe Caleb Young stayed in the top 10. I believe, If I had to guess, I'm pulling it up right now as I'm talking. Um, he is checked in right there at number eight, right? Okay, so we got three top 20 wrestlers here at 157 pounds. Um, those are probably the two weights. Absolutely. Hey, sign me up. Um, obviously I'm going to watch all these duels. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun either way. Um, some other teams or not teams, obviously we're going to watch all these, but wrestlers to keep an eye on, right? Uh, 141 from central Michigan, Dresden Simon, um, be kind of interesting to see how Jaden Ironman handles that guy. I know he's, he's pretty dangerous and pretty, um, pretty talented. Um, 125. I know Spencer Lee is making the trip, but so is Jesse Ybarra. Um, my gut tells me that Spencer will get at least one match. Not a hundred percent certain what match it'll be, um, but I'd like to think you know he weighed in in Ames. He was there. He warmed up. I know he didn't go out for intros, but um, we're getting closer. We're getting closer to seeing him. Um, Lehigh's Jarrett Lane is ranked eleventh. Um, Central Michigan, obviously, they had Drew Hildebrandt last year, who Spencer beat in the NCAA semifinals. He is no longer there. Um, who knows, right? Like maybe potentially, possibly. I have no idea. Outside of that, those are kind of the big weights that I'm excited to see when it comes to the Hawkeyes. Um, all things told, I think they just got a little bit too much firepower for both of these teams, so I expect them to roll on Monday. Northern Iowa, um, pretty gnarly draw here, right? Uh, Cornell and Penn State. Um, 
you know, I, th- I obviously we're we're going to want to see how Northern Iowa stacks up in both of these duels. I know that Cornell's, uh, I, I believe, the uh, Vito Arugiao is going to be down at 125. Um, so we'll kind of see how Brody Teske does in that matchup. I think that one will be really telling. 149. Um, Yanni Diakamahalas is going to be there for Cornell. Bo Bartlett's going to be there for Penn State. So are we going to see Colin Realbuto? Are we going to see Tristan Lara? Uh, Colin Realbuto had a really nice UNI open, beating Michael Blockus from Minnesota um, to finish first there. So um, that one might tell us quite a bit, right? Uh, 165. If Austin Yant is able to go, we did not see him at the UNI Open, but if he does, uh, he gets tenth rank, or ninth ranked Julian Ramirez from Cornell, and then 26th ranked uh, Creighton Edsel from Penn State. So that could be a lot of fun. 184. I definitely have this one circled because you got UNI's Parker Keckeisen. Um, 15th ranked Cornell's John Lowe, and then obviously Aaron Brooks, top ranked defending NCAA champ from Penn State. Um, yeah, like there's there's a lot of really fun matchups here, you know. I you know, and then you look at specifically the Penn State duel, um, one thirty three, Kyle Biscoglia are gonna get a chance to get your hands on Roman Bravo Young, one forty one, Kale Happel gonna get a chance to get your hands on Nick Lee. Um, you know, one seventy four. Um, I know they've got, you know, Pat Schoenfelter seems like he's been the guy. I'm not sure that we're going to see Lance Runyon just yet, uh, maybe sometime in January. But Pat Schoenfelter, you're going to get uh, 12th-ranked Chris Foka from Cornell and, and top-ranked, uh, you know, Carter Starachi from Penn State, right? Um, gonna be It's going to be interesting, right? Are we going to see Tyrell Gordon or Carter Isley at heavyweight? Whoever it is, they, you know, Greg Kirkfleet, number four-ranked heavyweight from Penn State, I think, you know, that we're going to learn a lot about the UNI Panthers this weekend, I'm pretty sure. You know, I think there's there's a few more winnable matches there, um, you know, in the Cornell matchup, looking at some of the lighter weights, you know, not sure who Cornell's going to throw out there at 133 and 141. So I think that, you know, opportunity is there for, you know, Kyle Biscoglia, Kale Happel. Can you can you steal a few wins, maybe build some momentum? And, and who knows how some of the upper weights do, right? We've seen that Pat Schoenfelter is capable. We've seen that Austin Yant, if he were going to go, um, quite capable. Um, you know, Parker Keckeisen is Parker Keckeisen. Tyrell Gordon seems to be building a little bit of momentum here and there. I um, think it could be very interesting. Penn State, I think, has a little bit too much firepower. But, hey, you never know in a duel like that. Um, you know, I think it'll be just kind of a fun measuring stick to kind of see where the Panthers are at, right? Um, looking at the cross, um, who are they going to wrestle on Tuesday? You and I is either going to see Hofstra, Virginia Tech, or Arizona State, depending on how everybody finishes. Um, I tell you what, guys, Virginia Tech and Arizona State are pretty loaded. Um, you know, I believe they, looking at the schedule, they will wrestle um, – 2 p.m. on Monday. Um, tell you what, between Mizzou, NC State, and Virginia Tech, Arizona State, I am going to be glued to my screen watching both of those duels, right? You know, Virginia Tech has Sam Latona, Corbin Myers, um, you know, Sam Hilligus, Bryce Andonian. You and I are very, very familiar with Virginia Tech because they wrestled them. Um, was it last weekend? It was definitely earlier this month. I don't know the exact how far away it was, but... Um, you know that they 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 got a taste of the Hokies. Hokies are pretty tough this year, right? Makai Lewis, Hunter Bull, and Nathan Traxler, very very talented team. Arizona State, same thing. Brandon Courtney at, at one twenty five. Um, Kyle Parker at or Parco, excuse me, at one forty nine. Jacory Teamer at one fifty seven. Anthony Valencia at one sixty five. Cordell Norfleet at ninety seven. Colton Schultz at heavyweight. Very very talented team. Um, going to be very excited to kind of watch that Arizona State Virginia Tech matchup. So um, Hofstra, a handful of very talented wrestlers themselves. Zach Knight and Ward at heavyweight. Uh, Charles Small at 184. Trey Rogers at 197. Um, lots of talented wrestlers there on on you know all three lineups, right? But um, 
you know, I, I don't know how these pools are going to ultimately unfold. So I'm very curious to kind of see one, how you and I stacks up against the likes of Cornell and Penn state. And then two, you know, who do they get in the cross? Cause we, we just don't know how these pools are going to unfold. I think we can lightly pencil in Virginia tech and Arizona state is potentially the one, two, um, you know, and then we'll just kind of see what happens after that. Iowa, um, I mentioned earlier, kind of like their odds. Um, as for the Mizzou NC State duel, not sure how that one's going to unfold, right? Uh, Mizzou NC State, uh, I hate to slight Binghamton a little bit, but I think Mizzou and NC State probably have a little bit more firepower than Binghamton does. So, uh, Mizzou NC State, two top 10 programs using Intermats rankings. Um, I would like to see Iowa wrestle either one of these, right? You know, Mizzou's got. A lot of firepower with guys like Keegan O'Toole at 65, um, Rocky Elam at 97, Zach Elam's a returning, um, not returning, but a past junior world silver medalist, Rocky Elam, uh, junior world champ, right? Um, Jeremiah Kent, that's a guy that's capable at 184. Peyton Mako, guy that's capable at 174. Jarrett JQ's another guy that's capable at 157, right? Um, Josh Edmond at 49, Alan Hart at 41, Noah Certain at 125, NC State loaded top to bottom, right? Jacob Camacho at 125, Kai Orin at 133. Ryan Jack at 41, Tariq Wilson now up at 149, um, Thomas Bullard at 65, Ed Scott at 57, Hayden Hiley, Trent Hiley, 74-84, back-to-back like that, Isaiah Trumbull at 197. Um, yeah, I think I think both of these teams could test Iowa in different ways, which is why I'm very intrigued um, to see either one of them match up with the Hawkeyes. You know, and I, I, I like, I, you know, on paper, I think I probably give the edge to NC State. Um you know, but at the same time, Mizzou's got some bonus point capability at some weights where I believe they can score some pretty major bonus points. You know, looking at, uh, you know, NC State might be able to get a win at 133, for example. Um, but Keegan O'Toole, can he score bonus at 65? Rocky Elam, can you score bonus at 197? Um, you know, and then when you look at guys like Peyton Mako and Jeremiah Kent wrestling Hayden Hydley and Trent Hydley, you know, how do those matchups go, right? Like just very intriguing duel. I know I'm going to be paying very close attention to that one. In addition to Virginia Tech, Arizona State, um, you know, just to kind of one, see how they do against each other. And then two, you know, how, how do we think Iowa might match up against either one of these teams on Tuesday? I would like for the Hawkeyes to wrestle them both, but that's just not how this format is ultimately going to unfold. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously it should be an exciting couple of days of wrestling in Florida. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. You'll need a Rockfin account. Um, and you'll also need to purchase the pay-per-view link on the journeyman Rockfin page. Um, so $10 for the Rockfin account. And then I believe another $10 for the pay-per-view. So $20, total for 18 total duels that's a damn bargain if you ask me considering all the teams and wrestlers that are going to be here um so hey go ahead and sign up go ahead and do it um there are various ways to sign up for uh various rockfin pages so um just do what's best for you um and come and enjoy the wrestling with us because we'll be watching on monday and tuesday we caught up with both tom brands and doug schwab earlier this week to pick their brains about the upcoming action um and so we've got those interviews here linked for you guys now we will start with tom and then we will follow with doug so i hope you guys enjoy and i will catch you on the other side Questions for Coach. From your perspective, how did this event kind of come together? Because this is this is kind of unique what you guys are doing. Uh, I think it's one of those things where people talk and gauge interest around the country, and all of a sudden you got a lot of interest, and seems like a pretty good thing to try. Got good people behind it. Frank Papalizio, journeyman, and then uh, you got Rockfin. You know, at one point, uh, 
think some people thought the way to market wrestling better at the college level was through duels and a dual championship. Do you think this is maybe a precursor or something that could lead to? I don't think this has anything to do with a, like a dual championship. I think that died a long time ago. Um, I'm not saying that it's not still there, and maybe if the NCAA sanctioned something, there would be legitimacy there, but um, I think this is just a dual event that is at a good time. Um, you know, to give credit where credit's due, K.O. Sanderson's been asking the question for a long time, um, what's the value of wrestling to the Big Ten Network? There's been no concrete answer, uh, but they continue to increase the time um, that they give wrestling, and so it must be valuable. This is going to show um, in a real, or I should say a more real way, the value that wrestling has being televised or streamed or whatever format you want to want to use. And right now the numbers are good, and that's what we want. We want to show, um, first of all, that the value is there, and then we want a number. We want, a, we want an answer. And that's not being belligerent or out of line at all. We, we just can't get an answer, and this is a good way maybe to get an answer. We know that football is king. We know that men's basketball is right there. But we also know that wrestling has gone ahead of hockey, women's basketball, and volleyball. And so we're in between men's basketball and those three sports. You know, what's our value? And this is going to show us um, through the rock fin format. Coach, you have depth at a lot of weight classes. How nice is that to have Max back as an option? Uh, Max Mirren, awesome. Um, we love him. He's a fan favorite because of how he competes. Um, he's a coach's favorite because of how he competes and it's great you, know, you talk about that weight class and there may be you know still some things that are up in the air but um, you know I think he took control of it at least from where I'm at but we got to be smart with him too we got to be really really smart with him Spencer's listed on the probables. Um, is there a rough plan for maybe? He will be on the trip, and we will see. Um, Spencer is uh, something that everybody wants the answer, and I don't know if there is an answer. I think the answer um, to the question will be there when the timing is right. There's no, like, prediction or plan that's in concrete. It's day-to-day, -day, on the fly. I know our fans are anxious. There's also a timetable for Michael Kemmer? Or... Um, yeah, I mean, there, the timetable is, is he'll be on the mat when he's ready. And there's nobody that wants these guys on the mat more than them. Uh, and they're the most important people that count in the when you're gauging you know you're gauging so um, it's a day-by-day -day process and both guys are coming along the way we want them to come along what can be learned from a trip like this and, and an event like this a dual tournament event where you know results on monday dictate who you see and what happens on tuesday it's kind of a different event than you guys have been 
participated in over the last few years? Yeah, I think the format was hatched by, you know, Frank and Martin Floriani, and I think there's a good concept there. Um, and that concept is is to get wrestling in a place that is visible. And let's make that as attractive as we can with the times, the time of year, um, the number of high-powered programs that are going to show up, and then the format. Um, I, I have no, no issues or complaints in how you would do it any different. Um, we were in right away, I'll give you some history, and then they called it the National Duels, and we were out. And we're, we're just not going to be a proponent, and we're not going to be an advocate for the National Duels. Uh, we tried to sail that ship many, many times to no avail. It doesn't work, and it's a, this is a dual meet event. When they switch their thinking back to a dual meet event, we're in, and it's that simple. We want Division One competition because of the um, we need Division One competition because of the way the the qualifying tiers are, the the thresholds, and um, we need those matches. And it's a little bit different this year. We'll see how it goes. Exciting because it's never been done before. Uh, it's been a while since we've competed uh, in this time frame, and I don't know when the last time we did. And that's exciting. Um, our break's going to be a little bit different, um, but that's a good thing too. So there's a lot of good that can come of this, and if it doesn't work out, then there'll still be a lot of value at the end of the day. We're fired up to go to Destin, Florida. How does this impact who you might send to, like, the Midlands? Because I know that that's also... Uh, we have a Midlands uh, tentative list right now. Um, some guys that are on this trip may be going to Midlands as well. And we'll see. We'll see when we're done. When this thing's done, we're, what, eight days out of Midlands. So we have time. We're going to bring a good, a good, um, good group to Midlands. Um, uh, first things, obviously a rough week for you and I wrestling family. Um, I send, obviously, sincerest condolences to the Ronavardi family, uh, Kale and Joanna, they lost Ali, um, this week, you know, a guy on our team losing a parent, that's a tough thing. Um, I can tell you that, I mean, we are a family and what we'll love and support them. Um, and miss Ali uh, along with him. Um, yeah, it's a tough thing. It's something you have to deal with as a, as a coach sometimes and part of life. Um, but man, seeing him, him and Joanne at the at the meet on on Saturday, and man, smiling and laughing, and uh, man, just being around wrestling, being around family, part of who who they are. Um, and man, there's nothing like wrestling family, uh, but. And uh, make sure you send your prayers out to them. And then uh, Mark Ryland, man, was a fixture in wrestling in the state of Iowa. Uh, his dad was an alum here, was an All-American here. So uh, certainly send man, our condolences to them too, man, and prayers to them and their family. And Marvin Marlis, uh, yeah, it was a rough week. Rough week, man, for for us. You know, we talk about kind of wrestling and 
kind of being life or death, but eh, that's a probably a little bit extreme. I don't know. I mean, this is we're talking about real life and life and death things, and man, just to try to remind myself and my guys of you know how we want to live, man. And if there's certain things you're holding on to, let them go. Um, life's too damn short for any of that stuff. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you gotta get slapped in the face, and we got slapped in the face last week. But man, I know those those families and how how they'll honor them and how we'll honor them and and how we'll we'll continue to and try to live in a way that makes uh, makes those guys proud. So I know a little bit a downer start. I mean, not as not as bad as the the first half of the Steelers Vikings game, but uh, that was pretty rough. And I'm still I'm still wearing the hat. But you know, the my thing is, my family went to that game, my my wife and two boys, and I'm gonna mess with my wife a little bit because she asked me what should we do because they were getting killed. It was 29 nothing, and she's like, what should we do? I said, well, I checked the third quarter and kind of see. And you know, they scored a touchdown and then they had it down towards the end zone. And then I'm like, you still there? And she's like, no, we're leaving. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're gonna make like the best, the greatest comeback ever. And they fell a little bit short, but. Um, they almost missed the greatest comeback ever, so make sure make sure you you let them know. Um, but going to the UNI Open, um, yeah, I usually feel miserable after that tournament, so I don't feel miserable. Um, and I actually told the team that because it just opens are sometimes rough, and you know we have finals and there's a lot of things on guys, so sometimes it's not always for one reason or another, you know, a, a great performance. But you know we had three champs and kind of how they did it, but um, want to make sure. I don't know, anyone that knows wrestling at all, I mean, how awesome that was to have Sandy Stevens on the mic. Um, man, she's the voice of wrestling. She always will be. Uh, but it was, it was, and we're so appreciative that she came back and, and, and did that for us. Um, her and Karen came back and worked the, the tournament. But I don't know, just having her on the mic, man, it makes it, makes it just like, oh, this is real. This is a, this is a big time event because any, any big time event that we've ever had or you've ever been to, man, uh, she's been she's been on the, on the mic, so it was great to have her back. Um, uh, I get all over the place. You guys know that. Uh, but you know, three champs. I think we had, and then we had uh, Bisco, Kale, Pat. Uh, we had, all had in the finals. I'm trying to think if I missed anyone anyone else. Pat was in the finals. Yeah, I think we had. Do we have six in the finals then? And Minnesota had most of their team. Um, they had most of their guys, so it was it was good. I think they had, they had some guys that had missed uh, the Vegas, so having having them here um, was good. And then you know there was there was a good group. I think it was only a little over 100, but all Division One matches and a lot of good wrestling took place. Um, you know, three champs we had. Colin, I mean, it's a it's a big win beating a ranked guy. I think his first college tournament that he's won. Um, and you know, and 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 how how he did it, uh, you know, good, real good for us um, that you have that kind of depth. And you know, Tristan's Tristan's on the mend. He's 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 getting healthier, getting back closer. Uh, but when you can when you can start having okay, we, dang, you got another guy that he's right there. He's nipping he's nipping at his heels too, and he wants to be the guy. And then you start seeing you know you got multiple guys at 33 that kind of nipping at each other's heels and trying to push each other. You start having that up and down the lineup, then. You know what? Then we have we have one hell of a lineup. Um, Happel, I'll say something about him. Just uh, the semifinals match, he he lost that guy a couple of weeks ago um, in a scrap, and the guy probably controlled the match. And like you saw him, he's kind of he's he's starting to get a little bit of a 
a little bit of a clutch. I don't know, clutch team. I mean, from scorn, scorn at the end, wrestling. But that that comes from that comes from starting at a pace, working through the pace, wrestling through the whole dang thing. Um, so he had a pretty dang good tournament. But I mean, go back to Colin, man. That was a that was a good tournament. Good tournament for him. Uh, good to win. Like I said, any open. Uh, 57. We got two guys that are wrestling pretty dang well. They wrestled. They both wrestled for third and fourth. Um, had another scrap, but Derek and Cade. I mean, there was a lot of things that I was I was very happy with at that weight class. Where you're like, okay, man, these guys, these guys. We talk about pushing each other. Like you can tell they're making each other better, and like man, and raising level and not and anything other than that. And that's a uh, that's always a really, 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 really good thing for um, us as a team. Oh, 65, 74, 74, Pat, man, Pat, see the semifinals match I was very, very happy with. I mean, the, the amount of tax that he, that he, that he took, he hit, he finished cleanly. Uh, you know, he's been wrestling pretty dang well and competing very well. Uh, they had a big win the other week against Missouri, and I think that guy's, you know, ranked in the top 10. Um, but showing a lot of good things, and obviously uh, Parker, Parker just keeps getting better, you know. And like I said he kind of had another wrinkle to his wrestling. He rode the guys really, really hard. Um, had multiple minutes, and probably, you know, in some cases you'd probably get a whole bunch of stall calls there, but you can't ever expect the calls. Uh, but that those finals match, the, those couple of double legs he hit, those are those are scoring on anybody. I don't care who it is. I mean, those are those are as good attacks as you can possibly hit. And then rode hard and didn't give the guys anything. Um, so you see his wrestling evolving, and sometimes you take that stuff for granted, you know, because you get a guy that, hey, he's pretty good, and then he's really good, and then you start seeing him continue to get better. And they like said, I'll never take that for granted that you have you have guys that compete like that because you see the amount of work that he puts in all the time. And, I, you know, I keep keep praising him, but he, he certainly he deserves and has earned all the, all the praise and will continue to get it. Um, and then heavyweight, I know we had – uh, Tyrell win win the tournament and you don't finish with a fall too. I think it's always a good thing. The last time that guy wrestled, they wrestled each other. That guy beat him too. So you start seeing some guys turn some things around. And to me, that that's good. It tells me you're in a, you're in a good frame of mind, but also tells me that we got to get more consistent. <laughs> you know, I mean, we we got to get more consistent um, in, up and down and how we step out there every time. You know, I talked talk about the week before. You know, one meet seemed like man, we were we were really up and. Next one, it 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 dropped a little bit. Like the, our starting point has to stay where it is, and then it has to continue to, to build from there. Um, but certainly, you know, having those guys win the tournament, I know they feel good good about winning winning a tournament and going into this week. Um, obviously, going to be challenged. I mean, that's why we went down to this event. It's going to be kind of I don't know collegiate duels, national duels. I don't even want to call it national duels because. Some people, I guess, don't want to call it national duels. It doesn't matter. Um, it's you're trying to get the best teams in the country to come to an event, and there's a whole lot of them down there. I mean, you look at what one, two, five, six, eight, ten, eleven, eighteen, twenty. Those are the rank. Those are the rank teams. Um, so, obviously, pretty dang good. And within our pool, I think we have Penn State and Cornell. Those are the two matches that I know that we'll wrestle. I think we wrestle Cornell first. Um, they have a they have a they have a good team. They coach very well. Um, you know they got a multi-time national champion at 49, a couple-time All-American at uh, 
well, he was at 25, now he's at 33, um, and they got a good a good young group. I'm not sure. I know they've been having some guys out, but whoever steps out there, yeah, yeah, we'll be ready for them in Penn State. Penn State's pretty dang good team. They got three national champions in their lineup, um, and I would I would imagine they'll all be there. We'll, you know, we'll find out when when we get there. Uh, what 33, 41, 49, 57. 74, 84, 97, 97. They got multi-time All-American heavyweights, All-American. I mean, they they got a heck of a lineup. Obviously, they're ranked number two for a reason. Uh, but for us, going down to this event, that's the only chance we get to wrestle. You know, a few of the teams that are there. I mean, it's really the only chance that we get a chance to wrestle potentially Iowa or Penn State. So we went to the event. We get to wrestle Penn State, and we get to wrestle Cornell, and then we'll get to wrestle one other meet after we figure out. Um, in our pool, then we'll cross bracket whatever with someone else in the other pool. So, you know, if I'm, I think we leave. It starts on Monday. It's Monday, Tuesday. We leave on Sunday. Uh, getting figured out 100% who's going. We got to kind of see where a few guys are at health wise, because uh, I'd certainly would like to have. I would like to have certain guys in the lineup, but if they're not quite ready, they're not quite ready. So we're we're always going to be smart with the guys and. We'll know a lot more this week, and you know, once we get through finals on Wednesday, um, and seeing where a few of these guys are at, because they're making progress, but you know, we're still we're still a week away. So that's uh, to me, that's a lot of time to get guys prepared and ready, and yeah, we'll be prepared and ready, and we're gonna have to be because these are two pretty damn good teams. So I guess anything else. Well, he did did not enjoy cutting weight at all, <laughs> and not many people do. Um, but I think he think he's and I could tell you he's enjoying being able to lift and eat and be excited about practice and not worrying about a number on a scale, um, other than that number going up. Um, but you know, for for him, he was still very very young in his wrestling when he came in. He started he started real late, um, and he. So we start late in your wrestling, understand his wrestling a little bit better, but also, man, wrestling heavyweights is different. You know, another 97-pounder, you're wrestling some guy, he could wrestle a guy that's 260 pounds, which I think the other day maybe he might have wrestled one guy that was 260, and then, you know, the final match, the guy's maybe like 225. So, you know, you're wrestling different body types. He's starting to figure that, those things out. Um, I just think the more that he is able to wrestle and feel those guys and understand how athletic and strong he is and how good his attacks are I think just the more you're going to continue to see him grow but certainly win a tournament here um, that helps that helps build some of that confidence and him is just to me just really trusting himself he goes out there because he hits some things and you're like holy cow that was damn that was that was freaking incredible let's go do that again you know we just and not we don't need to do it 10 times in a match but let's go from two to three to four to five and then now all of a sudden that you know now that starts to widen the gap. But uh, you're just seeing him kind of scratch the surface of his wrestling and wrestling heavyweight. And I know he's enjoying being that heavyweight. Uh, so we'll just continue to get him lift and get bigger and stronger and continue to get better. But uh, certainly seeing progress every time out. So that's a, that's a really good thing.
I won't be here next Monday. We'll be down in Florida taking care of some business. So I guess that Merry, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone, man, and enjoy, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy the time with your families, man. I could tell my guys, put your phone away, be present, and uh, enjoy the time. But uh, appreciate everyone that came out to the UNI Open. Um, we heard the crowd a few times. I had a couple guys actually, man, the crowd got loud in this one. So that's to, to, for them to hear the crowd in the Open, man, we, I know we appreciated it. So know the fans always make a difference for us. So appreciate it, and uh, Merry Christmas. Always appreciative of the coaches' time and excited to watch their guys compete this week. Again, action begins Monday, 10 a.m., um, though the Hawkeyes and Panthers won't wrestle until, um, I believe, 4 p.m., 6 p.m., 8 p.m. on Monday. Um, UNI goes at 4, they both go at 6, and then Iowa goes again at 8 p.m. Um, how they finish on Monday will obviously dictate well, when they go again on Tuesday. So be sure to follow your boy on Twitter again. Keep you guys in the loop with results, schedule updates. Again, need a Rockfin account. We'll have to purchase the pay-per-view. Um, again, about $20 for 18 total duels. Definitely worth it if you ask me. Okay, if you guys are still listening, I know today was a very long show, but thank you so much. Um, I know this was a lot today, but I sincerely appreciate you joining me for this small journey, especially on a Friday, even on a Saturday or Sunday whenever you get the chance to listen. Thank you times a million. That's all I've got today. So be sure to rate and review the show, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow your boy on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, doing some stuff on Instagram as well, Cody J. Goodwin. And be sure to subscribe to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. They're going to put a handful of more stuff behind the paywall, guys. And I don't want you to miss a thing. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. <laughs>